0: Welcome into the Jaguars broadcast in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, October 23rd. We're in the midst of week seven, and coming up, Doug Marone explains the offensive issues as of late, the matchup this week for the Jags' defense defending Justin Herbert, and a preview of Sunday's visit with NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah discussing the season for quarterback Gardner Minshew. Let's start with the aftermath of last week's loss to the Lions. The Jags trailed early in the game and never could find an offensive rhythm coach Doug Marone Monday explained in his day after media video conference.
1: Obviously a matter of things that we have to do differently. I think that, you know, when it comes to matchups, I don't think we played, you know, well on both sides of the ball up front. I think whenever you do that, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of situations that happen. You know, it's difficult to go back and reflect, you know, saying like three, four weeks ago, you know, you're kind of just dealing in, in what you're uh, seeing right now. And so my focus is on, okay, you know, we played a team. They played us a little bit differently. You know, here's what here was the outcome. You know, we didn't perform up to standards, all of us. Um, you know, how can we do a better job, you know, putting the players, kind of like how Demetrius was talking about, how we put them in better position, you know what I'm saying, so that, you know, they can make plays. So that's our job. And then, you know, when the times come, when the time comes up in a, in the course of a game, make plays. I think, you know, you know, when I looked at it, you know, these key points in the game where we need to make plays, we we haven't. You know, I understand a lot when it's, I guess, the analytics and stuff are against you, meaning like down and distance and everything. But there's times where, you know, down and distance is on our side and we're not able to come up with a play, you know. And, you know, offensively, it's the same way, too. You know, we're getting what we want. We're getting the look we want. We just can't make that play. So that, that goes back to the same thing, just trying to make those those plays at the right time and you know, making sure that we're putting them in a position to do that. And that's what we're all working for.
2: Just quick follow-up. Do you think that that may require a personnel change or is this a matter of changing play calling?
1: You know, when you're going through something that we're going through and it's difficult with a young football team, I think it's it's very natural to have people that are going to not not place blame, not that anyone's looking to say, hey, it's this person's fault, but everyone's really trying to figure out, you know, hey, how can this team get better? You know, and and you appreciate that. And then I think that's what happens, you know, when I get a lot of these questions like, hey, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? You know, my past has shown that I've I've done that, you know, everywhere I've been as a head coach. And then when, that, when that stuff is warranted, you know, I, I feel very comfortable making that decision, you know, wherever it may be, you know, but this one is is not you know, this is really all of us, you know, that, you know, we all have to do a better job and we all have to dig ourselves out of this because uh, it's never as easy as as what some people think. It would be easy if it was, you know, one thing, you know, you know, but it's not, we've got to do better at all of it. So, you know, that's how I feel.
0: Later Monday afternoon, Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli, and I broke down the game as always on Jaguars happy hour. What do they do? Well, did somebody
3: come out of that game yesterday and find me something that they did well one thing give me one tony they punted the ball pretty well well that's that if you're punting the ball pretty well that means you're not doing a good thing come on they're not good i agree i I mean i'm not sure what you want me to say i mean i'm with you they're a bad football team right now they've given up five five straight games of 30 or more points the last four games have not even been in the game in the second half if you're really being honest with yourself especially the fourth quarter um they played teams that either had no wins or one win uh, the last four weeks, and they got beat soundly by all of them. They're not a good football team. And all joking aside, I know I said 11 wins, but P, you and I also both had conversations, and we knew like, this could get, go the wrong direction quickly because it's a young football team, and it's not a deep football team. It's not like they're a young, deep football team with a ton of talent. They have a bunch of young guys that are unproven. And they have a bunch of rookies they're counting on. I mean, they're counting on Kevin Chase to be a pass rusher. He's not a pass rusher yet. And by the way, he should—he is not ready to be a six technique and stand up and stop the run against tackles and tight ends for 55 out of 77 plays. I mean, he just—it's like you're asking him to do something I don't think he can do yet.
0: Fast starts or lack thereof is still a topic for the Jags' offense. The Jags have been outscored in the first quarter this year, forty-five to seventeen. Offensive coordinator Jay Gruden met the media Wednesday.
3: When the, the offense is struggling to get going early, you obviously try
4: a bunch of different things. Is there anything left for you to try differently, or, or any any kind of things that you're going to try differently this week to kind of get a jump start?
5: Yeah, we uh. Definitely have made it a focus point or a focal point the last five weeks, six weeks. We always want to start fast. That's never going to change. I mean, anytime you uh, come out of the tunnel, get excited for a football game, you put a lot of work in during the week from a preparation standpoint, you feel good about your first set of plays, your group of plays you want to hit early. And then if you don't execute, you know, it's kind of a, a letdown and it takes a lot of air out of, uh, the energy on the field. So, uh, obviously you want to start fast, but, uh, we are trying things, uh, try to get the run off the ground and running last week. It didn't work out. Uh, got stuck in some third downs. Uh, obviously we didn't, uh, convert on those. So, uh, fell down early again. So, you know, we have to do a good job of trying to figure out ways to, uh, either push the ball or, or get some plays that are positive, get our team going, get the juices flowing a little bit. So we have some momentum early. We have not had that in a while, Uh, It's going to be critical for a young football team to get out to a good start uh, so they play faster, have some more fun, instead of having to play from behind all the time.
0: On the defensive side, last week the Lions ran most of the afternoon on the Jags. Yet another issue for a group that is struggling. On Jaguars Happy Hour Wednesday afternoon, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks explains some of the issues.
6: Most defensive coordinators want to come in and take the runaway portion into a one-dimensional game plan that is centered around the passing game. Makes it easier to get after the quarterback when you know that the run is not an option. Uh, you can mix in some pressures and some coverage to make sure you keep everyone locked up. The problem with the Jaguars, you haven't been good at, at any one thing. You haven't been good enough stopping the run when people have been committed to running the ball and you've given up too many plays in the passing game. I will say this. They haven't necessarily let the ball fly over their head. They, they kept everything in front. But their inability in the passing game to win on these money downs, third down in the red zone, too many, I would say, just self-inflicted errors, defensive pass interference penalties. Josh Jones had a couple. Uh, We've seen guys just kind of panic when the ball's in the air at the moment of truth. We just haven't been able to impose our will in any one area. And until you're able to do that, it is just hard to play Mm -hmm consistent defense at a high level in this league
0: jaguars happy hour airs monday wednesday and thursday at four o'clock on jaguars social channels the monday and thursday shows also on 1010 xl am radio in jacksonville When we return, wide receiver Keelan Cole explains how he's better now than in his explosive rookie season. Plus, rookie running back James Robinson is amazed by fantasy football fans. And NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah breaks down Gardner Minshew's early season play. All that after this.
4: Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams do ball exclusively from TIAA Bank.
0: Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast week interview podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And the Jags have introduced Jags at home. It's an interactive second screen experience on game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have the chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit JagsatHome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Let's hear now from the rookie running back, James Robinson. It's been a great start for him, even though the Jaguars the last couple of weeks haven't been able to find an effective running game. He's trying to get back on track this week in Los Angeles, and he joined Ashlyn Sullivan on Jaguars All Access TV this week.
2: James, you're here in your first year with the Jaguars. You come into training camp, definitely making a splash, and now you're the starting running back making an impact with this team weekly. So this is exactly how you saw your first year going?
7: Not really. I mean, for me, it was more about just getting on the field anyway, uh, whether it was special teams or offense. But I tried to make the most out of my opportunity once I got a rep on offense.
2: And let's go back to high school. You definitely had a productive high school career, yet you're a two-star recruit. And then you go to Illinois State, you're breaking all kinds of records, and you go undrafted. So do you play with that chip on your shoulder? Does that mean anything to you to prove people wrong where you are right now?
7: I really don't go about trying to prove people wrong because uh this is where I always wanted to be and now that I'm here just trying to stay here as long as I can and
2: Mm
7: -hmm. just be me and I know I can play so I just go out there and just play.
2: I know at least for me I'm getting all kinds of questions tech should I pick James Robinson up in fantasy you got ESPN and NFL Network talking about you so how funny has that been you know that side of football people asking are you going to get me 100 yards on Sunday?
7: It's kind of crazy, man. It's kind of weird how people talk to you when they want to
0: take you, so it is kind of crazy. Jaguars All Access airs Thursday nights on Fox 30 TV in Jacksonville. Now to Jaguars drive time Thursday morning, a new game for Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton.
2: New segment, if you can't tell, called Give Me One Thing. Give me one thing on offense. Give me one thing on defense that you would love to see on Sunday all right, answer man John, you're up first.
8: Well, I'll take offense first. Give me, a, I'll say one thing, but I would rather have a couple of things. <laughs> a couple of deep balls, uh, one deep throw 20-yard post, something to get defenses back a little bit from Gardner Minshew, something to take the pressure off the running game. It would help everything. It would help Gardner's confidence. More than anything, it would get teams out of the bunched box that they are facing every week. So I think that's critical. On defense, uh, give me a healthy, raring the go, as you will, Josh Allen. I I don't think you're going to get Miles Jack this week. I don't like uh, what you're hearing uh, with the ankle. So give me Josh Allen, give me disruption, and hopefully Justin Herbert can give the Jaguars a turnover to based off the Josh Allen pressure. So give me those things, Shlin.
2: Fair enough. I'll write it down. I'll send it over to the coaching staff. Brian Sexton, you're up.
8: All right,
4: Uh, I would like to see a middle screen, preferably to a tight end. If Tyler Eifert's healthy, great, put him in there. If not, James O'Shaughnessy works just as well. Look, you want to let everyone know we're going to run the ball today. However, you have to use the pass to set the run up. And I remember the Titans back in the day. I remember one in particular on Monday Night Football in Nashville back in 2000, where they ran this middle screen over and over and over to Frank Wycheck to soften the Jaguars defense up to give Eddie George more room to run. The Jaguars were really focused on stopping Eddie George based on what he had done to them in the AFC Championship game. And in that particular night, they couldn't stop him because they couldn't stop this middle screen. And I just kept thinking, what would open things up john's right deep balls always are going to back safeties off the line of scrimmage but there aren't a lot of safeties that want to tackle a six foot six 260 pound tight end running right at them in the middle of the field so give me the middle screen if only because i don't know that we've seen that from doug marone in his time as the jaguars head coach the other thing is there was a moment in jalen ramsey's first year where he established that he was the man in the secondary he was by the fact that he was the fifth overall pick and that he was a tremendous athlete. But more than that, you know, he took control back there. And Henderson, early on against the Colts with the passes deflected and the interception, showed that same ability. I'd like to see a pick six. I'd like to see C.J. Henderson make a play that establishes that he is the dominant factor in that secondary. I think he's capable of it. I'm sitting in the end zone last week, watching the angles that he took to the ball. And he didn't make every play, but he was there. I like this kid. I think he's a tremendous talent. And I think that a pick six would give him that confidence boost, that that something that would take his game to another level. Jags Drive Time here is Monday,
0: Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on Jaguars social channels. Looking ahead to this week's game, the Jaguars defense is matching up against Chargers rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, the sixth overall pick in the 2020 draft out of Oregon. Jaguars defensive coordinator Todd Wash.
8: Obviously this guy, again, another one who doesn't look like a rookie quarterback. What have you seen from Herbert, and what do you got to do to uh, get him off balance there?
0: Uh, I, the The first thing that pops off the tape is obviously his ability to handle pressure. You look at the uh, analytic side of things, his uh, quarterback rating is higher than it is uh, with pressure than it is without pressure. So he handles pressure really well. Uh, I think he's got a big time arm. Um, he can make all the throws, he avoids the rush well, and he's a good athlete. So uh, but for us, it, you know the biggest thing is we got to try to pressure him. You know, and play some man-to-man in the back end. Obviously, they got some very good skill-position players that we got to take care of. But you know, I still think if you can rattle a quarterback, uh, your chances of winning goes up. On the other side, Jags quarterback Gardner Minshew is trying to get things going now in week seven. It's been a struggle to find consistency the last few weeks for him. And in a preview of this Sunday's conversation on the Publix Tailgate Show, NFL Network analyst and Chargers radio analyst Daniel Jeremiah gives us his perspective on Minshew's season so far you're starting to get a a little clearer picture of what he can and and maybe cannot do in the National Football League and the clock's ticking because we know how long he's going to have to prove things but it's just a matter of him being able to step up and improve as the rest of the season goes along
7: yeah and I think it's look I've been a fan of what Gardner Minshew did uh last year and I I admire his competitiveness his toughness Um, you know, all the stuff with the leadership, all that stuff's off the charts and just finding ways to make plays. But, but I likened him to somebody like a Jake DeLome who, when everything was, was perfect around him, Jake DeLome took a team to the Super Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not a situation where he's going to be able to carry the team behind him. That's not, that's just not who he is. And and he just doesn't have the physical tools to be able to do that. So, you know, that, that's, that's a little bit of the challenge for the team right now as as you're kind of trying to build up a young roster, you're you, you hoping that you have a quarterback maybe that can elevate some of those guys a little bit more. And um, I don't think we've seen as much of that this year from Gardner Minshew. And you, and you mentioned the clock's ticking because Jaguars are, are loaded with uh, with draft capital uh, going forward. And this is a draft that looks like it's going to be pretty interesting at the quarterback position. So Uh, They're going to have to make that decision and that verdict uh, once we get to the end of the year. The conversation airs in the public's
0: Tailgate Show Sunday at 1.30 on Tintin XL Radio and at Jaguars on social media. Bonus content will be available on the official Jaguars podcast network, including Jeremiah's early look at big quarterback names in the 2021 NFL Draft. Of course, another big ball game Sunday for the Jags as they try to snap a five-game skid with a win against the Chargers. On radio, we mention the public's Tailgate Show at 1:30. We'll hear from former Jags running back turned Jags offensive assistant. Denard Robinson. And we'll see how the transition to coaching has gone for him. At 3 30, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with Countdown to Kickoff. It's a 425 Eastern Time kick in Los Angeles. And of course, after the game, Jaguars Postgame with yours truly, Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor. And then your calls on the scoreboard show as NFL network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us, hopefully after a winning result, in week seven. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game Sunday and thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank.